I have a dear friend that uh, is going to minister for us tonight. Well, he he doesn't get through this area very often, but he was in uh, Dayton, Tennessee over the weekend, and we asked him to just stay over and teach for us tonight, minister tonight. Larry Keaton, Larry and his wife uh, Angela. Angela is a graduate of uh, Central Bible College, Assembly of God Bible College in Springfield, Missouri. And then she was an instructor at Rama Bible Training Center. Uh, the Keatons, Larry and Angela, were also missionaries. They spent six years in Czechoslovakia, the Czech Republic, and then they spent 12 years in Poland. They were directors of the Damata Bible Schools in Czech Republic and also in Poland and also planted churches, and then they helped pastors plant churches. And then they came back after 18 years on the mission field and have just been traveling around uh, helping churches, helping pastors. So uh, he was coming through, and we wanted to, we wanted to, I wanted him to get him in front of you. Uh, and uh, so would you make welcome to Family Worship Center, Larry Keaton. Would you do that? Thank you, Pastor. I love you, bud. Love you too, sir. Well, I've been under strict orders not to say a lot about him, but uh, I know you know that you got a good pastor. I think more of a good thing about him, he's good friends of my pastor, Pastor Mark Brzee. We worked uh, with them, uh, like Pastor Eddie said, over in Eastern Europe, planting churches and training ministers. And Anyway, uh, I don't know what it was, about a year or so ago, uh, we were had an opportunity to spend some time with Pastor Eddie, and I had an opportunity to tell him about my testimony. Uh, how many of you ever had a temporary period of stupidity? Mine just happened to last about 13 years. <laughs> but anyway, he said, you know, it, if you're coming through sometime, I'd like for you to show your testimony. Uh, but I want, you know, it's always hard to give the preacher a microphone and just tell him to tell your testimony. I got a few scriptures I want to help you with. Turn with me to Acts chapter 10, verse 34. This is Peter preaching to Cornelius' household. You know, they're, uh, they're not Jewish. They're, uh, so Peter said, uh, he opened his mouth and he said, In a truth I perceive God shows no partiality. I like what the, the Passion Translation says. Now, I know for certain that God does not show favoritism with people, but with people he treats everyone on the same basis. And you know, this is not just found in one place, because the Bible says out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. You can find this in, in Deuteronomy chapter 10, verse 17. Romans 2, 11, and Ephesians 6, 9. But uh, I grew up, my grandfather was a denominational preacher, not a Pentecostal denominational preacher. And my daddy uh, wasn't saved, but, you know, he made us go to church. And I know at about 12 or 13 years old, I know that I know that I know that I got saved because of the domination, they're big on getting people saved and teaching people how to repent. But that wasn't, that was about all that they taught us, you know. Now, the only time I ever heard about the Holy Ghost was when they baptized folks in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. You know, we went, they wasn't a tongue-talking bunch, but they did get people saved. And I know that I got saved at about 12 or 13 years. 
old, but my mom and dad had a rough time, and they were they got married and divorced twice, and the home life wasn't very good. My father was in the Navy, and he was gone a whole lot, so I had an absentee father, even though he was a good father. When he was home, he just wasn't home a whole lot. But so, you know, the peer pressure of the world began to take hold of me when I was about 16 or 17 years old, and I fell into the wrong crowd. And I started doing drugs. And I come to find out that I wasn't going to be able to do the drugs that I wanted to do and, and just work a regular job. So I became an entrepreneur. I became a drug salesman. <laughs> I fell in with a group of folks that uh, would give me as many drugs as I could sell. And so, you know, I was well on my way to becoming a millionaire. But, you know, the devil had another plan for me just like he did many of you. But thank God, God had a better plan for me. But so things were going what I thought was pretty good there for a while. You know, here I am, I'm born again, but didn't know a whole lot. I was about dumb as a stump, you know, and and, uh, the drug culture sucked me right into it, and I got to messing around with the wrong kind of people. Messing around with drugs and, and messing around with that ungodly lifestyle. And then thank God, I had an opportunity to get saved. But it was a long time before I got saved. Because, uh, oh, after four or five years of dealing drugs, I got arrested with a whole parcel of them. A whole truckload of marijuana. And so I... Went to court. I had enough money I could buy a lawyer and buy my way out of that one, and I got parole. And a few months later, well, actually, it's a couple years later. Uh, you know, when you get, when you're stupid, you, sometimes you just get stupider and stupider. So that one time didn't do didn't do the trick. You know, how many of you ever been hard headed? Oh, I know. I won't ask for hands on that one. But uh, so I got arrested the second time. Now, I'm from Birmingham, Alabama. I'm a good southern boy. Thank God for good southern cooking. Amen. Amen. And uh, so anyway, uh, that second time I got arrested, I ended up having to do some time in the penitentiary. So I did 15 months in the penitentiary. And you know what? The penitentiary will not change people. Thank you for your enthusiasm. I said the penitentiary will not change people. As a matter of fact, if you don't have a demon when you go in, you'll, you'll have one when you come out. A friend of mine says you got company. So I had some company when I got out that last time. But I was in about seven months, and the last eight months, I had an opportunity to get on work release. And you know what? I saved up enough money to get right back in the drug business. See, the devil make you stupid and stupider and more stupid. So anyway, I'm going along pretty good. I got out of prison after spending 15 months. And uh, so I met this guy in there. Tell you about him and, and because it'll be... Uh, important for later on. He, his brother owned some carnival equipment. And so anyway, I get out and about a year or so goes, goes by and, um, 
I sold some cocaine to a narcotics agent. Well, they didn't arrest me right then, but they about six months or maybe a year later, they came to my mother's house because that's the address that I was using, and they came to arrest me. Well, what had happened, they had a citywide bust in Birmingham, and they busted, arrested. Those of you that don't understand, they arrested about 200 people. But there was about 15 of us that just didn't happen to be at home during that time. So, uh, with my lightning quick mind, I happened to think about this friend that I had met in the penitentiary, his brother on some carnival equipment. So I came up with this wonderful plan. I'm going to go and I'm going to run for seven years. This is what I thought. That's what you get when you're not accustomed to it. But this is what I thought. I thought that if I could just stay away from Birmingham for about seven years, the statute of limitation would run out on that warrant and I could go back home and sell drugs again. I mean, you know, how dumb can you be? And all this time, I I knew that I was saved, but you know, I just didn't have no relationship with God. You can get saved and you can backslide. And and the more you backslide, the worse it gets. See, I've got this conviction now that I'm going to stay as close to God and God's people as I possibly can. That's why I'm married. My wife was an instructor there at Rama. I tell people I'm so hungry for God, I just married one of my instructors. <laughs> so anyway, I'm on the run, and usually I made enough in the carnival that I could just go somewhere in the wintertime during the, the, the warm months. I could go somewhere in the wintertime, and I'd have enough money to live. But this winter, it just so happened I didn't have enough money to live. So I thought maybe I could just go back to my mama's house. You know, mamas love you no matter what you do. Amen. They're kind of like God. They love you no matter what you do. So anyway, I went crawling back home to mama with my tail tucked between my legs. And she took me in. And I stayed hid out because, you know, they had harassed her for a couple years trying to get her to tell me where I was. And, of course, I never would tell her because she might tell them where I was at. But anyway, I've I'm, I'm been running from this warrant for about uh, five years. And as a matter of fact, in Alabama, and it may be the same here, my third felony was automatic 25 to life. So I knew that's what I was facing. And so I go back home to my mother, and uh, I, it was just about getting the spring part of the year, and I happened to remember about an old friend that we used to sell marijuana together with. So I called up David. He's now a painting contractor. And I called up David, and I said, hey, David, you know, and I, and I said, I, could I come work for you for a couple of weeks? I need to get up enough money to get back out of town to go join the carnival because I'm still thinking after two more years I can have enough, I, I will be able to, the statute of limitation, statute of limitation on that warrant would be over and I could go back into the drug business and I'd come back home. You know, it, it's just, the devil just makes you really stupid. So anyway, I uh, get to working with David, and I, 
little did I know, David had gotten born again and filled with the Holy Ghost and got turned on to the Word of God. And, you know, I'm, I got hair down to about here. Long, curly hair. Had a whole lot more then than I do now. And big old lamb chops. And, and, you know, I, I was probably, I'm about the same size I am now, except about 35, 40 pounds lighter. Just skinny rail, as a rail. And David and his family just accepted me in and, and just loved on me. And, and, and shared the, the love of God. They didn't begin to preach at me at first, but David, uh, I began to tell David all this mess. This, this, actually hell that I had created for myself and he just loved on me and he says Larry you know what you remember Dudley don't you and I said yeah I said I remember Dudley and he says well Dudley is a lawyer now how about let's call Dudley and see if Dudley can help you out in this situation so we called Dudley and two or three days later Dudley called me back and he said, Larry, there's no hope for you. There's no statute of limitations on that warrant. He said, any time that you ever get caught for the rest of your life, you're looking at 25 to life. Well, boy, that just jerked the dreams right out from under me, even though they were stupid dreams. And so David was still continuing to love on me. I never will forget he sat me down at his kitchen table. You know, he, was, he reminded me of, of Paul. He said, I'm not, Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ because it's the power of God unto salvation. And he sat me down at his kitchen table. And he began to show me how much God loved me, how much God wanted to deliver me, how much God would heal me, because I forgot to tell you, I, at that time, I lived on Tums and Tylenol. I don't know what was wrong with me. I didn't get diagnosed. But if I wasn't all drugged up, I had to live on Tums and Tylenol. I had headaches and indigestion all the time. And so he showed me how much God wanted to heal me and how much God wanted to fill me with the Holy Ghost, Holy Spirit. With the evidence of speaking in tongues. See, because my church, they didn't ever taught, practice that kind of stuff. Now, they didn't teach against it, but they didn't teach about it either. I, and I didn't know healing was still for today. But anyway, so I'm there, and he's just showing me scripture after scripture after scripture. He must have spent two, two and a half hours just sitting at his kitchen table. You know, if you've been in this church for a year or two, you ought to be able to share everything that I'm talking about to somebody else. Thank you for your enthusiasm. If you've been in a good church like this for a year or two years, you ought to be able to lead somebody into salvation. You ought to be able to lead somebody into the baptism of the Holy Ghost. You ought to be able to tell everybody and show everybody the scriptures about what Jesus did on the cross and that healing is for today and, and, and uh, that they could get delivered as well. I felt like the madman of Gadara, man. And he told, Jesus told him, go tell what great things the Lord has done for thee and had mercy on thee. 
Woo! Because that night, now I didn't pray with David, but I went home that night, and I'm all by myself. My mama had already gone to bed, and I'm sitting in her, her living room. And the truth of God's Word that David shared with me just kept going over and over and over again. And the fact that there was no statute of limitations on that warrant. I, I'm in a big mess. I, I created uh, something for myself that only God could get me out of. But let me tell you, I'm here to tell you tonight, God got me out of it. Whew! So I'm there in my mama's house, and, and you know, I, I knew, I could remember back how to repent. Thank God, at least that's what I did learn at the church. I learned how to repent. And so I got down on my knees, right there on my mama's couch. And I said, Lord, I have made a mess out of my life. But I saw in your word how much you love me, how much you want to deliver me, how much you want to heal me, how much you want to fill me with the Holy Ghost. And I'm asking you, Jesus, come back into my life and be my Lord and Savior. And then I said, I want everything that I saw in your word. Woo! Glory to God. I'm telling you, when I said that, the Holy Ghost came on me. Now, I'd spent years getting high, intravenously using drugs. I knew what high was getting uh, all about. I'd spent thousands of dollars intravenously using cocaine in my arm. But when he came on me that night, on July 6, 1983, I never experienced anything like that before in all my life. Now I know why they call him the Most High. Because everything that the world has for you is just a cheap imitation of what God can do for you. I'm telling you, God will turn you every which way and it will be right. So the next morning I went back to David's house and I didn't even have to tell him. They told me, he said, your countenance had even changed. And a couple of days later, I realized, well, I didn't have a headache. I didn't have indigestion. I got filled with the Holy Ghost that night, too. Kind of scared me at first because I didn't know what it was. This utterance wanted to come out of me, and I told David about it the next day. And he said, oh, yeah, that's just the Holy Spirit. And then he showed me a few more scriptures again, and I fluently began to take off and pray in other tongues. Glory to God. So I know, I got, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that night because of what Jesus, uh, the truth of Jesus' word that was shared to me by my old friend David. It set me free. It set me free. And like I said, a couple of days later, I realized I was healed. And delivered. I knew that I knew that I didn't have to have drugs anymore. I didn't have to be dependent on drugs. And, and nobody had to tell me. Of course, I didn't want to go out and get with my old friends anymore because I was afraid the, the police would, they'd be watching them and they'd, they'd find me. But the good thing about it, just like that scripture I read to you, God shows no partiality. 
God is no respecter of person. What God has done for me that many years ago He'll do for you tonight. Or any time that you just dare to turn to Him and ask Him to forgive you, heal you, deliver you, and set your life aright. And then, uh, then I, uh, David introduced me to my first pastor. And, and man, I couldn't get enough of church. And I bought me one of those little cassette, automatic cassette reverse tape players. And I was listening to tapes about six hours a day. I started going to this church. I was going Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. There was Assembly of God Church just down the street. They had Thursday night services. There was another church like my church was uh, uh, on Tuesday night. They were having services. So I was going to church Sunday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. I just couldn't get enough of the work because I was free. For 13 years of my life, I'd been so bound by the devil, but now I'm free and I want to stay free. You know, you can't just get free and, and just uh, kick, kick it in neutral and glide on home to glory. You, got, it's, you need to be in a good church like this every time the doors are open. I got one amen. I said you need to be in a good church just like this every time the doors are open if you've ever had a problem because you got so much junk in you, you, you got to give the Lord enough time to get that junk out of you. And He will by the washing of the water of the Word, read and study the Bible every day, be in every group that you possibly can be in, be in every fellowship you possibly can be in. Man, I didn't want to go around the world anymore. I didn't. I I even stopped seeing my own blood brother for a period of time until I got uh, built up in the Lord. And I took all my rock albums, all my pe- drug paraphernalia. Nobody told me to do it. I didn't. I hadn't read Acts yet, where they took all the books and burned them. But I just knew. See, the Holy Ghost will lead you into the truth, even when you don't know it. And I took all the junk that I had in my mama's house, anything that I brought with me, and I took it out in my backyard and I burned it. Because I didn't want to have anything to do with it. You know, I believe the theme song of heaven, of, excuse me, of hell, is going to be, I did it my way. See, I'd done it my way for so many years, and all I got me was going to be 25 to life in the penitentiary. Separated from everybody I loved and cared about. And it kept me separated from them because I was on the run for five years. Staying away from my family and friends. The devil will mess you up if you let him. But God set me free. And then we prayed about the warrant. And so I'm going to this church. I'm going to all these other churches. And... and and I'm, please don't misunderstand me. I'm not bragging on me. I just knew what set me free. I knew it was the Word of God that set me free. I wasn't in a meeting where there was a strong anointing, where there's a corporate anointing, where there's a, a mighty preacher. I just got it from the Word of God. 
The Word of God is what set me free. And when I said that night, Lord, I want everything that I saw in Your Word, man, He loaded me up. Woo! I know, if you've ever been bound and you get set free, you'll know you're free. If you ever had your head in the lion's den and you get free, you'll know you're free. I didn't want to have anything to do with what the world had any longer. So anyway, we prayed about the warrant. And about three months later, later, now get this. I'm, I'm still working with David. I'm still living at my mother. And I, I'm, I, I did not have uh, a driver's license. Well, actually, I had a driver's license from a Canadian that, I, that somebody else had stolen. And I'm driving a, a 57 Chevy. It wasn't too bad. But it had an expired license in, on it. And I'm driving around Birmingham. And so we prayed. And about three months later, the Lord told me, said, go get your driver's license. And I knew. I knew I heard the voice of the Lord. But if I was wrong, I knew. I'm going to have to go to Montgomery, which is about an hour and a half away. I had a friend take me. And I took my written test and passed it. And then I'm sitting at the desk with the lady sheriff, and there's sheriffs all around. So I know my goose is cooked if I've misheard God. And I'm sitting there, and she looks on this computer. Now, this is between the time. This is about 1983, and this is just about when everything's being transferred from paper to computer. And so, anyway, she, she looks at all the stuff on the computer, and she says, you've been a stinker, hadn't you? And I said, yes, ma'am, I was a stinker, but now I serve, and I love Jesus Christ with all my heart. And she says, here, you can go take your driving test. Woo, boy, I'm telling you, I wanted to do a Jericho march around that police station because I knew what that meant. See, I knew if they had found it. She saw my record, everything that I'd had done. But I paid for all of that when I was in prison 15 months. But the warrant, I don't know what God did with it, but God just caused it to vaporize or something. And then I had a cousin that worked at the courthouse. I just want to be sure. And I, I got her to look at the, at the paper records. And she couldn't find it. And then my, my pastor, which was a former policeman, I told him about it. Kind of scared him that he had an ex-con in his church like that. Because I was a head usher at the time. And I started working with the youth. So he did all the checking he could do, and he couldn't find it. Before me and my wife got married, there's a guy that was head of security at Rama that, that had connections with the FBI, and they, he got his buddy to check on it, and they couldn't find nothing. Woo, I'm telling you. Seeing what God did for me, he'll do for you if you really mean it. If you just sell out to him and say, God, I'm, I've done everything I know to do, and I can't do it on my own, but I've got to have you. Woo! God is no respecter of persons. He has no favorites. 
What he did for this old Alabama boy, he'll do for any Tennessean or wherever you're from. Man or woman, doesn't matter what color you are, what background you come from. All that matters is, are you, what are you going to do with Jesus? What are you going to do with the Word of God? If you were like me, I was sick and tired of being sick and tired. But thank God, He loved me enough to send somebody to share the truth of God's Word. And the truth is what set me free. Man, I'm telling you, I knew I was free. So I was really excited. And so I, I threw everything into serving God. That was July 6, 1983, that I turned my life over to Him. And a couple, two or three months later is when I found out the warrant was dissolved. Couldn't find it. So I started helping in the church. Thank you for your enthusiasm. I said I started helping in the church. Anything the pastor wanted, I was willing to do. If I, he wanted me to open the church and, and rearrange the chairs or, or sweep the floors or clean the toilets, anything the pastor asked me to do, I was willing to do. Why? Because I had built a, 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 a hellish life for myself and Jesus set me free and now I want to throw my uh, the, just as determined to serve the devil as I was now I want to serve Jesus because I know Jesus is not going to do me like the devil did he'll set me free and keep me free but you know it takes effort it took effort for me to get into that mess, and Jesus delivered me because He loved me and got me out of that mess, but I had to stay free. You know, you can't just, if you go to sleep with the dogs, you'll wake up with fleas. So I'm, I'm just here to tell you tonight that there's no situation that you've ever created for yourself. There's no situation that the devil is overtaking you in that Jesus can't get you out of. Thank you, Lord. Now, I want to ask something, and um, I'm just going to ask everyone to shut their eyes because what I'm going to ask is a private matter, and and I, I'm, I'm going to deal with it from here. I'm not going to ask you to come forward any, in, or anything. But if you're here tonight and you've had suicidal thoughts, raise your hand. I want to pray for you. You just lift them up and set it back down. I see that hand. Anybody else? You've had suicidal thoughts. Tonight's your night to be free. The devil's been harassing you and you've had suicidal thoughts. Well, right now, in the name of Jesus... I just speak to that person, and I break the power of the enemy. You lying devil, you devil of suicide, I break your power right now. You let that person go. Jesus revealed that to me. Now I break your power in Jesus' mighty name. Be free in the name of Jesus. Now I encourage you very strongly, talk to one of the pastoral staff about that. If you're here tonight... And you've never accepted Jesus, tonight's your night. Anybody in here, I'm going to start in this side. You can look up at me now. I'm going to start on this side. Anybody over here never accepted Jesus, 
You want to accept Jesus? Raise your hand. I'm going to the center section. Anybody here in this section? You want to accept Jesus? You never have. How about over here in this side? Okay, well, maybe you're saved, but maybe you got yourself in a mess. Maybe you need to repent. Maybe you need, you know what repent means? You're headed one way, and all of a sudden you turn around and do a 180. That's what repent means. You're ready for a change. Well, the power of God is here to help you tonight, just like he helped me some 30-something years ago. So I'm going to start over here. Anybody, they need to repent. They need Jesus to set them straight, get them right. How about over here? You need to repent. How about this side? Well, good. Glory to God. That's a miracle in itself. But usually on, on Wednesday nights, you're, you're preaching to the choir anyway. But still, anybody can have a temporary period of stupidity and miss God and need help. Well, uh, you know, and when you, when you think about drug addiction, sometimes doctors can get you in a mess. Especially if you've got pain and it's uh, severe pain and a doctor can get you started on pain meds and then you get yourself addicted to them. And so if there's anybody here tonight, now I'm going to ask you to be bold on this one. If you've got any kind of addiction that you want to be set free from, the same Holy Spirit that set me free that night on July 6, 1983, is here tonight to set you free. So I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand. I'm going to just ask you to be bold and come up here. And I'm going to lay hands on you, and the power of God's going to come on you, and you're going to be set free. I don't care what kind of addiction it is. I'm not going to ask you. I'm not going to ask you to say anything. I'm just going to lay hands on you, and the Spirit of God will set you free just like he set me free. So just come on up. Freedom is here. I know it's going to take a little boldness. You don't want people to see this. You don't want to admit that you're addicted to something. But if you want to be free, the freedom is here. And it's not because of me, it's because of Him. But the same Holy Spirit that came on me and set me free that night is here right now to set you free. I know there's a couple. I could almost come pick you out, but I won't. Because it has to be, you know, God, that's one thing that has cost God a great deal. And that's creating us with a free will. Jesus paid a great price to provide us with salvation and freedom from anything. I'm going to wait just a few minutes. Just come on up, be bold. I mean, you've even been thinking about this. You said, Lord, I just need somebody to help me. What, your help's here? I said, your help's here.
Well, Lord, I, I just don't want to go up in front of all those people. Well, you don't, you know. Don't want to embarrass anybody, but I'd rather be a little embarrassed and free than I had bound and, and not embarrassed. Well, Lord, I ask you in Jesus' name to help that those people. And if I'm wrong, I ask you to forgive me, but I don't believe I am. But I do believe, I, and I, I, I don't just believe, I know, Lord, that you'd set them free just like you'd set me free. One more thing. When, I don't even know when I got started, Pastor. Do you know? You know, I know this is kind of odd to ask this in the Pentecostal church. But there are some people that aren't filled with the Holy Spirit. But the same Holy Spirit that gave me utterance in other tongues is here to give you utterance in other tongues. If you'll come forward, I'll lay hands on you. You know, Acts 19, verse 6 says, Paul laid hands on them. I'm not Paul, but the same Holy Spirit that anointed Paul is, has anointed me tonight. Paul said the, um, the, that Paul laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they spoke with tongues. Tonight's your night. If you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit, tonight is your night. So just come on up, I'll lay hands on you, and the Holy Spirit will fill you. I'm telling you, you just can't, uh, other than being saved and learning the Word of God and having a good wife, I can't think of anything that, that's been a bigger blessing in my life. Why don't you come on up, brother? All right, now, Acts 19.6 says, Paul laid hands on them, the Holy Ghost came on them, and it said, they spoke with tongues. Acts 2, 4, it says, they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues. Now, I'm going to lay hands on you. And the power of God's going to come on you. But you can't get filled with the Holy Ghost like this. You're going to have to say something. Just like if I'm going to say something to you in English, I can't do it like this. And you might say, well, what am I going to say? Anything that... that comes up out of your heart that is not a known language. If you've learned a language, if you speak Spanish, or, you know, I'm still learning English myself. But I'm going to lay hands on you, and the Holy Ghost come on you, but your job is, is to speak. Whatever you say, you cannot make a mistake. That's, that's a good thing about this. You can't make a mistake, except keep your mouth shut. So just pray this with me. Say, Father... I thank you. Jesus is my Lord. And you've provided the Holy Spirit. I desire to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And when Brother Larry lays hands on me, the Holy Spirit will come on me, and I'll speak in that heavenly language. In Jesus' name. Now just speak. Just speak, brother. Come on. That's it. Come on. Yeah, that's it.
Yeah, boldly. Come on, speak it out boldly. Ha ha. Oh, now stop. Now speak again. Come on, let it flow, let it flow. All right, now stop. Now I wanted you to see you can start and stop anytime you want to now. It's not because you're up here. It's not because you might feel something. You can start and stop anytime. And I'm sure there'll be somebody to help you, give you some information about that. God bless you. Hallelujah. Well, thank you all. All I know is that God's a good God. And if you learn His Word and hold fast to His Word... There's nothing, there's absolutely nothing that's impossible with God, but there's nothing for those who, nothing is impossible for those that believe. And what God did for me, He's willing to do for any of you all. Amen? Well, God bless you. Thank you, Pastor. Isn't that great? Thank you, my friend. I'd never heard his story. I'd heard about his story. I didn't know he was such a scoundrel. <laughs> I'd heard about his story, but I never heard his story. Thank you, brother, for being honest and sharing and uh, with us and just being you, being you. I tell you what, if I was facing 25 to life, I'd be happy to. I'd be shouting to. Amen. Well, um, it's just what they do. They travel around and share. Uh, his wife had to get back to Oklahoma uh, the first of the week, so he stayed around and, and just come to share his testimony. So we want to, we just want to take him up an offering and bless him. So uh, just make your checks out to Family Worship Center if you can. Then we'll add something to it out of the general fund because, remember, we are givers here at Family Worship Center, and we want to help this brother continue on to share the good news. I, I want to th- once again thank you for coming and uh, uh, so very much. And uh, you brave the elements and I just want to thank you for coming. Father, thank you for sending our brother. Thank you for this story. Thank you for your this story of grace. Amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch. And we're just so thankful. Now, we just want to sow into his ministry so he can go somewhere else and tell the story. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.